You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Welcome to this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with a very special guest today. Uh, Justice Yukagri is one of my really good friends, someone who I've known for now going on five years, I think. it's It's been a long time. We've worked together in the trenches, and I'm proud to say this guy is one of the coolest marketers of all time. He is legit. He's an author. Uh, he runs his own agency, and he is just moving and shaking, and uh, someone I've been really excited to have a conversation with on the show. So welcome to the show, Justice. How are you? Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Good to see you as always. And appreciate that warm welcome. Excited to be yeah. here. Yeah, fantastic. So just for the people that don't know you, um, give a little bit of an introduction, just who you are, what you do, and uh, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, well, for those who don't know me, my name is Justice, uh, coolest digital marketer of all time. Uh, I've been in digital marketing for over five years now, helping different types of companies scale, uh, e-commerce, SaaS, info products, even the current uh, sitting president of the United States. So I've, had, I've, been, I've been lucky and had the opportunity to work with a lot of great people, help them scale. And uh, the fun part for me, just kind of see what works uh, for different people. So yeah, a little bit of what I do. Awesome. And so this this show really is about breaking out of um, limits, setting big goals and figuring out ways to live a bold life, a big life. And so if you could take a moment and just share a story of one of the wildest goals that you've achieved and maybe tell the listeners what you were going through at the time and, and how you went through to make that happen. Interesting. You know what? I'll tell you about my claim to fame. So when I first got started uh, in, uh, in the agency world, one of my first like big assignments was to take uh, like this basically at the time was kind of like a throwaway account, like a practice account. And we wanted to try out this new thing called messenger bots. And so this account was given to me saying like, Hey, just try out some stuff. We'll just see what you can kind of do on your own sort of thing. And um, I remember at the time, a lot of the common philosophy at the time was just, Hey, like take what we know from this one platform and just apply it over here. And so that was what my, was my sort of, you know, my, my normal thinking on the account. And I remember that didn't work. <laughs> like, I really realized, hey, what we normally do in this, in this one area doesn't work in this new area that we're in right now. And no one really could help me. No one really knew uh, how to optimize this new channel, this new uh, Facebook Messenger bot platform. It was still kind of new. Nobody knew what they're doing. There's really no YouTube video that I could go to or anything like that where I can get help from. And the client wasn't super, super important at the time, but it was still, you know, really meant a lot to me to kind of do, do well for this assignment. So I remember um, after this thing failed, I remember uh, having to be the one to try to figure out, okay, how are we going to get this thing to work? And I remember like, like, uh, I remember looking, we were in like a, like a presentation, like a meeting basically. And somebody was talking about email marketing and how email marketing has this funnel and a flow to it. And how it sort of um, like it makes you sort of like have micro commitments that lead up to like this bigger sale at the end of it. So I thought that was really interesting at the time. And um, 
I started to see like, hey, can I take this idea that's in a completely different um, sort of field to what I'm doing and apply that working model to this area? And I sort of restructured, you know, our whole system and ran these ads. I remember trying to pre- trying to present them to the client and they were saying things like, oh, this will never work. This looks, the funnel looks too long. It looks like there's too much friction here. Like, why would someone go through answering all these different questions? And uh, my, my idea at the time was instead of trying to get someone to, you know, make like this really big commitment, just like, hey, you see an ad, click the ad, you buy something. My thing was like, why don't we just have them make small commitments along the way? So by the time they get to like this bigger commitment, they've already made so many micro commitments that they're more likely to make this bigger commitment. Right. And so I remember um, they were kind of like, well, we don't think it's going to work. Uh, uh, never seen anything like this before in our lives. And uh, they're kind of banking on me as like the expert to get this thing to work. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, the thing was cooking really, really well. Uh, that client went from spending initially having a 5K budget to having a 50K budget in about two months. And by the end of that, uh, that second month, they had revenue from that uh, campaign of about a million dollars. So you spent $50,000 and you ended up with a million. And this account is just supposed to be like a throwaway account. So after that, you know, people were starting to call me bot Lord. You know, I got flown out to Spain to go visit them in person. Uh, and, you know, they're still one of the, one of the best clients that we've ever had. Uh, so that was one of the, one of the situations where you have to get really creative. Um, uh, in order to achieve success in a, in, a, in a way that wasn't super obvious at the time. Yeah. And so were there any stakes for you, Botlord, in that, in that situation? <laughs> where Did you have to like, if you didn't, I, I know you were saying it was a throwaway client, but if, if things didn't work out, was, did you have any stakes involved or, you know, what was going through your head with like, okay, if this doesn't work, what am I going to do? I mean, I don't think anything was like that. I feel like for me, at, at in my position, I was always at that point. Like I came in at that point where I was like, like this, like for me, like just succeeding in that job, coming from where I came from, um, being in that position, like I felt every opportunity I, I had, I had to hit it out the park. So I approached every opportunity like that, almost to a fault, right? So like when you come from a place where, uh, you know, at one point I was like working at Amazon warehouse. Now I'm in this big agency. We're doing big things with these big clients, blah, blah, blah. I'm the new kid on the block. Um, don't really have that much experience. And it's like, for me, like, I thought, like, Hey, if I mess up, I could be gone at any moment. Let me make sure that every single time, like I'm up to bat, you know, I hit a home run. You know what I mean? I love, so for me, like, it, wasn't, it probably wouldn't have been the end of the world if I didn't hit that. This is my first time I had an account to myself and everything. I definitely wasn't going to, wasn't going to miss. You know, it's interesting. It really is the, the way that life really is like that. You know, it's like you, 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 you have to question, all right, am I going to half-ass this or am I going to go all in and actually do even the small things, every, every task that you have, if you approach it with that same mentality, Hey, I might, lose everything if I don't do a great job with this task. I um, mean, it, it really is a good philosophy to, to integrate into everything we do. Yeah, um, because so you don't realize like, oh yeah, go ahead. Every, like, there's certain industries where you're judged by your last 
thing that you put out, you know, like until you're branded as a certain type of person, you're judged by your last outing in a sense, right? If I'm still, we, we work in an industry or where things move so fast. If you're telling me about your win from 2017, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, dude, like that was cool for that. But what are you doing now? Like, are you still that guy? If you're an NBA player, you can tell me about, you know, five years ago, but it, like you won a championship. Cool. But like this season, are you good? <laughs> you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm always it's sort of like, you got to have, not have a short memory, but like, you always got to be, Hey, how can we get better? Because the, the environment's always changing. Yeah. And let's, I mean, let's talk about change, not to, not to sort of gloss over this. I, I might want to come back to this idea of like the red queen effect of always having to, to do something a little bit better. Um, you know, that's from the Alice in Wonderland, this idea of mm, competition, mm. you've always got to be one step ahead. And otherwise, if you slow down, then you're going to, um, you're going to get left behind. But I, I'd love to talk about just what you see for the future. What, what are you excited about in terms of where we're going? Um, this can, you can take this from a marketing standpoint, or you can take this from a personal standpoint, just what's got you fired up for, for the, the things that are happening in this world right now. Now, since you bring that up, uh, what's the, uh, I met a, a kid who does drop shipping like a couple weeks ago. And for, for those of you guys who don't know, drop shipping is basically when uh, you sort of like white label someone else's product and sell it as a middleman and sort of take, uh, make your profit off the margin of, of doing that. And so this got really popular on YouTube. A lot of people do it with Facebook ads. <clears throat> and uh, recently, a lot of people stopped doing it because, you know, things have changed in Facebook in ways where it's just very difficult to do. So this kid, is he tells me, hey, I'm still doing this very difficult thing that every marketer kind of knows about, but we all kind of think is kind of kind of dead right now, but I'm doing it on TikTok ads, which every marketer knows about, but every, but most of the more veteran marketers are kind of like, eh, not really, you're not really fully into, you know, trying to focus on doing TikTok ads right now. So he's got my attention and I'm like, okay, you're doing TikTok ads. How much, wh- how much did you make off this? He's like, yeah, I probably made like 30K last month. And I'm looking at this kid, this kid's 24. You know what I mean? He's been traveling the world. He's from France. And I'm like, you did 30K off TikTok ads? The thing that everyone says doesn't convert, it doesn't work, doesn't spin, et cetera, et cetera. The audience is too young. He's like, yeah. I'm like, what, what are you selling? He's like, oh, I'm selling these baby toys. I'm like, so you got moms? buying baby toys off your TikTok ads? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what, are you, what is your ROAS right now? It's like eight. You're getting an eight ROAS. <laughs> you're getting, <laughs> you spend $1, you're making $8 on TikTok. So now he's got my attention. So now I'm, I'm grilling him, looking at his account. The guy's getting a $1 CPM, which means for every, um, I forgot what the actual metric is, but basically like the cost to reach 1,000 people on TikTok for him is $1 which doesn't make any sense. So I was like, okay, uh, those, those numbers are so low that a lot of people who are struggling on Facebook, if they could figure out TikTok, they'd instantly be profitable. It's not so much that, you know, your Facebook ads don't work. It's just that you're in an environment that's really, really expensive. Right now, Noah, you're in Colombia. I'm in America. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. America is a much more, not necessarily mature country, but it's a much more developed country. Right. So things out here just naturally cost a lot more. The cost of living is a lot higher. Columbia, just as good, possibly in terms of quality, 
but the cost of living is much lower. So therefore his lifestyle elevates. That is basically what it's like to be on TikTok right now versus Facebook, if you know what you're doing. So I saw that. I'm like, wait a minute. Do you, like, there's so many people who want to know how to do this. This is a great uh, sort of opportunity. But even as I speak about, hey, TikTok's like a great opportunity right now for marketers in general. Right now, everyone's talking about the metaverse and living in a digital world. And that is still a, such a new concept that there's still a lot of opportunity for people who wanted to do things. Let's say you want to have like your own hotel or something like that. You could actually kind of have that now in this digital realm, you know, with with a lot more feasibility, a lot less cost. You see what I'm saying? Like the the way that we used to view the world is slowly, not even slowly changing, just changing in general to make uh, some people's dreams that seemed like it was going to be kind of like, you know, unfeasible, super, super possible in like two years. Mm-hmm. So things are moving the speed of which technology is moving is very, very interesting to me right now. And then the, the opportunities to take advantage of that just based off my own world experience is just, it's insane right now. Yeah. It's really interesting that you're kind of bringing it full circle from the first story about adopting one model that was working in one platform and bringing it into a new platform. And it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. Like now we have these new frontiers where if it was, we were kind of seeing this back, you know, maybe five years ago, when if you looked at a video production company, for example, or a cell phone company that was very successful in America, you could just bring that to Brazil or Philippines, the same model. And you now, you know, as you take the same systems that have been in place and boom, you drop it into these developing countries and you're able to run that same system, the same, the, the same kind of arbitrage and, and have the mm-hmm. opportunity that somebody five years ago starting a video production company in the States would have had. Um, and, and I think it's really interesting that you, you know, we're, we're talking now you can do that cross-platform, cross-digital versus metaverse. It's really, it's really <laughs> yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, man. It's creating a lot of opportunity for people. So yeah. It's so let's let's talk practical tips, um, especially when it comes to you know unlocking greatness. Because I know I know you have a, a a strong bend for maintaining your personal growth, and that's always been a, a a priority in your life. But what are some of the tips that you can share for people to either unlock their own greatness or maintain happiness or just live with more courage in general? You hit on some interesting ones at the end there. Oh man, which, which direction do I want to take this? Here's what I'll say. This this one is really interesting to me. Um, I have like a like a journal. I'm pretty sure you have the same thing. We just have all these different epiphanies kind of coming to your head. So one of the ones that's interesting to me is that um people who are really good at stuff, you call them a genius, call them successful, whatever you want to call them. They're we tend to think that, oh, this person is like perfect. Or like, like if they do something in this field, it's just always going to work for them, right? But what I've realized is that you being really good at something, instead of you just like blanketly being a successful person, you really just have a higher success ratio than the average person in this area. So this is really obvious if you actually follow sports. If you follow sports, you understand that like, a really good hitter in baseball only gets a hit like 
30% of the time, right? You're batting 300. If you uh, are a really good uh, shooter in basketball, Stephen Curry, he only shoots about 40% from the three-point line, right? So that means like out of all the shots he shoots, he's going to make about 40%. This actually isn't really that much when you think about it. The average person thinks he's probably going to make 80% of his shots, but he only makes 40, right? He's supposed to be the best shooter of all time. But it's like that for everybody in, uh, in your area, your field of expertise in a sense. So once you sort of understand that concept, you understand that, or it's more plausible to understand that if I'm not successful right away, I probably need more volume to hit my success ratio. If, you're, if your success ratio is 40% and the average person in, in your industry is about 15%, that means if you don't uh, succeed on your first couple attempts, you haven't actually hit enough of a sample size for your success ratio to even kick in yet. And if you don't understand that, you may quit at the like the second hit or the the third the third hit when you actually needed ten for your full you know success ratio to actually kick in. So just understanding that now I'm a lot more calm when things don't work out because I understand. Hey, we need iterations. We need to optimize a little bit. We need a couple more attempts. Einstein needed nine hundred and ninety nine. You probably don't need that much. You probably just need fifteen. But if you can't make it past three, we'll never, we'll never get there. You understand? Like you're you, a lot of like when you watch TV and stuff, we're seeing Kanye's when he puts out the album, he's putting out like literally the hundredth edit of the album, right? You're, he's not putting out the version one of that. And I think the more people understand that, the easier it would be for you to remain consistent, positive, enthusiastic, and motivated along the journey to creating, you know that 1000th light bulb that finally hits it for you. Absolutely. That was so well said. So, so beautiful. Just don't give up, keep with it, stay consistent. I love that. But, but, but don't miss this though. It's not random. It's not like I believe in myself, so I'm not going to give up. There's actual data. It's like, dude, your success ratio is only X. You haven't done enough to actually hit that yet. You know, I, you, you know what I mean? Like, and that's where a lot of my uh, encouragement comes from. When, yeah, when, I, when I can kind of base it off of like data or something that's like tangible instead of my own feeling, because you're not always going to feel good. Mm-hmm. But I can't argue with math. Right. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you can't argue with math. So as soon as I put the numbers in front of you, I'm like, wait a minute. If I just have 1,000 fans on my, on my podcast or my, my YouTube channel, and I sell a hundred dollar product and they all buy. Now I've now made a hundred thousand dollars a year or a hundred thousand dollars in general. Right. So now, yeah. <laughs> now I don't need to work this. You see what I'm saying? Look, you have the yes. numbers in front of you. That's what, that's what's like, cause you can trust it. You can believe that. Yeah. I can't believe my feelings all the time. So that yeah. once I really understood that principle too, now I'm like, all right, cool. We could actually, whether I feel like it or not, I know those numbers are going to go if I do a certain amount of thing. And it ties in with confidence so strongly too, because now you have, I mean, when confidence is really about certainty, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And so once you have the certainty of the math in front of you, then you can show up more confident and then that creates its own uh, virtuous cycle. So the more confident you are, the higher your success ratio goes up. It's really, yeah, well really cool uh, perspective on that. 
Really, thanks for sharing that. All right. So as we're working towards wrapping up here, um, would love to just also dive in as I'm, I'm a geek for philosophy and decision-making frameworks. What would you say is one of your favorite tools or matrices or frameworks that you use when making decisions? You could either use like a mental model or just some general philosophy, but what is that and why does that hold meaning for you? Probably always be testing. Whenever you're making decisions, always be testing because what that mindset is going to allow you to do is it's going to allow you to, t- to do things in a way that's going to be conservative, right? So a lot of people, when you're trying to make a good a decision, you're like, oh, is this going to be a good idea? Is it going to be a bad idea? I don't really know. I don't really know. But if you come from the mindset of, we're just going to, let's just test something out. How can I, let me, let me confirm my assumptions, right? So I have a lot of friends now and they're like, they'll say things like, oh, well, I just think this, or I think that, or like, what if this is going to happen? Or I assume this, it's like, cool. Based on your world experience, your mindset, your personality, whatever, the context you currently have of the situation, you have certain assumptions. Testing allows you to validate those. Is that actually true? Is that actually how things are going to work out for you? Right? So that allows you to kind of do things in a way that's safe. You're not putting all your eggs in one basket. You're putting one egg in one basket leaving it there, seeing if you know, if anything good happens, and then you're coming back to it. So with that mindset uh, in place, it's going to allow you to do things in a way where you're not really missing opportunities because you can kind of, you're, you're sort of kind of testing all opportunities, but also you're never overly investing in, in something where you can get, uh, where it can be dangerous for you. So a lot of times you can be like really excited about an idea. Like, oh, this is a great idea. This is a great idea. It's a great idea. An example of, would be like, like gambling. Like I like to do a lot of sports gambling. And sometimes like if you watch sports, you're like, of course the Lakers are going to beat the Knicks. What the heck? This is so dumb. And then you bet all your money on it. And all of a sudden, like LeBron James gets hurt in the first quarter. And it's like, ah, why, why is all my money in this now? Right. But that can happen with anything in life. Oh, of, of course, Bitcoin is going to take off in 2015. And it does it. It actually goes down for like three years. You're like, I lost all my money. And then you see what I'm saying? Like, but if you had just like tested it first, you confirmed it. And now, you know, okay, I need to get out of this. Oh, okay. This is working. Let's put some more into this, but you're approaching it from a very systematic way and in a way that's like less emotion driven. It's more of a, uh, uh, more of like a scientific approach to, to decision-making. I was going to say, spoken like a true scientist and yeah, brought it out. Well, Justice, thank you for, for sharing your empirical wisdom and, uh, and, and all of these really fun decision-making frameworks, strategies, stories. Always good talking with you, brother. So how do people stay in touch with you and, uh, and support you along the journey? Yeah, man, justiceecoggery.com. If you guys ever want to book a marketing consultation. And then also um, Justice 2.0 on Instagram as well. And then uh, I'm pretty sure you guys can always find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Definitely, definitely uh, save this podcast. uh, Replay it again as well. I appreciate you for having me on, brother. All right. All right. I hope hope to see you in Colombia here. Okay, man. I'm trying my best. (laughs) All right. Try to be out there for sure. All right. See you later, brother. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know 
I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. And with that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.